Often Conversations podcast. I am Scott. Right across from me, as always, is Miss Rachel Flynn. Hi. How you doing? It's me. It's you. It's me. We are here for another episode. So, you know what I love, real quick, before we get started? What do you love? Well, I love restaurants. And most of the restaurants around here are local spots. Local, original those are the things that I love the most. I get the most enjoyment. I'm not much of a chain guy. I prefer. Why to the Olive Garden's so good? Yeah, Kidding. I don't know. You know, but I, it just—it's not really my vibe. Not a, you're not a chain, chain gang soldier. No, not a chain guy. I really prefer the local things. I like to shop local as much as I can. As as many kind of like little boutique things that I can find, I like. I don't buy a lot of chintzy stuff, but when I do, it's probably going to be local, and. The reason why we're talking about this is because we're in a time right now where local places, local vendors, local restaurants, that's where we need to be putting our money. We have a lot of great friends of the show that own local spots, that make local, locally made things, and I think that's where we need to put our money. So we want to support those people. If you're listening, if you're a friend of the show, support local. You can find any organization wherever you are there's a local organization here in arizona we have local first az localfirstaz.com or at localfirstaz on instagram no matter where you are though you have a local organization that can show you lead you to all the great local spots around town we encourage you to find yours in this time that we need to support those folks find them support them they'll be your friends they're our friends and we shop them. local eat local Tip your weight staff. Boom. Yep. Let's go. That's the way to go. So today, we have... I'm excited about today. It's going to be a great one. We This is the, the type of guest that we've never had on our show. Today's guest is a professional rock climber. There's Abraham. I'm sure you can hear him in the background. Pumped. As always. He's as pumped as we are. He's always pumped. He's just a hype man. Professional rock climber. She has competed at the World Cup level for Team USA. She's been one of Ask's Men, Ask Men, Ask Men, Ask's Men. I'm going to say this a lot of Usually people don't ask men anything because yeah. they don't have the answers. But yeah. in this case, Ask Men. Ask Men, not 100, but top 99 most interesting women. That's pretty Hell impressive. Hell yeah. Top 99. That's pretty impressive. She's been a pro since age 14. I... Don't even know. Well, I know where I was at age 14. Don't tell us. Yeah. Don't tell us. But can you imagine being professional at your job at 14? Nope. That's like Bobby Fischer type stuff. Um, she's been a Pan American bouldering champion just very recently in 2018. That's pretty amazing. Uh, we have gone to Black Rock Bouldering Gym. And that's a, an activity that I really love. I used to climb in college. I've recently got into bouldering even more in the last couple of years. And I think it's an amazing sport. We are here with Miss Sierra Blair Coyle. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming to see us. So for the listeners of our show that have no clue about rock climbing, what's the 30-second download on you, on how you got to where you are, or how you got into rock climbing? So I started climbing when I was eight years old at a local mall by my house. And to keep it short, I ended up going to an actual climbing gym with no air conditioning in Arizona. I'd like to add that. And it's an important <laughs> fact. Yeah. That just shows her dedication to it. Yeah. 
Imagine so, that accelerated your conditioning. I mean, you would think or just almost killed me, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. Either or. That's probably similar, though, I would say, to the, the time uh, in 2017 when I raced a 24-hour race in New Orleans in August. And that's, that's probably a pretty close experience to what that was like for a me. A lot of it sweat. Was, all, I, all, I all, all I'm thinking is just awful. sweat. So rock climbing gym, no air conditioning. Bring us from there. Yeah, so basically just kept climbing um, and then did it for a couple years, was winning like junior competitions and started to compete professionally but wasn't necessarily doing super well. Uh, you know, like I wasn't making the next round or anything, was always, you know, like almost in last place. And then in 2008, when I was 14, I made my first professional final, placed fifth, and that's kind of when the big snowball got rolling of climbing professionally. Um, and then, yeah, now it's luckily what I do for a living, and I get to meet a lot of cool people, go to a lot of cool places, and climb a lot of cool things. Did you get that's mad awesome. when you were finishing at the bottom, even when you didn't know what you were doing? Did it piss you off? Oh, yeah. Plus, it's like I was so young. I was like 10 and 11 at the time, you know, and I had – in a good way, the inflated ego that I just thought I could beat like every pro, the best in the world. I'd see the boulder problems and be like, I could do that if I was in this round. And like, I was wrong. I wasn't good enough at that point. <laughs> but I think that confidence was like so good to have in myself. And I try and remember that now. Try and think I can do keep anything. Going. Yeah. So when you compete, right, what are you actually like stage a competition for me? Because, you know, for people that have listened or even for Scott and I, like we went to the gym, you know, we, we screwed around. Like how are how are you being measured? How are you competing? So unfortunately, there are quite a few different formats, but I'll just explain the main one and like the scoring and everything. Yeah. Um, you'll have four boulder problems. So for anyone who doesn't know climbing, bouldering is the shorter form of climbing, probably up to 15 feet or so, like five meters, and you don't have a rope. You land on crash pads. Okay. Uh, so you have the four boulder problems, and they're basically scored on two points each. So you have kind of a halfway point called the zone, and then the finish is called the top. So the way they score you is whoever has the most tops would win, and then if you're tied, they go to whoever has the most zones. Okay. If you're tied there, it's attempts to top. Another tie attempts to zone. Okay. Cool. When, when you're at these things, are the other competitors, are they helpful? Do, do you all kind of socialize and talk, or is it just a cutthroat type of thing? Everyone definitely socializes and talks. For more higher-level competitions, you're going to be in isolation right away. So isolation basically means it's you and the other competitors and the coaches kind of in a back warm-up area. Oh, because you, you're not allowed to see the problems. Yeah, you don't yeah. see the problems until you uh, get out there to climb them. And then Got once it. you're actually you know, in the competition, it's like you have five minutes on the first problem by yourself, then you rest five minutes, five minutes on the second one, and continuously. So. Oh, so you do all four at one time. Yeah, do them in a row. It's not like everyone does one, we go back to isolation, everybody does two. It's so that's another format. That's like the World Cup finals format, but okay. it's just a little hard to explain. So I go with the semifinals format to make yeah, it easier. Keep it simple for yeah. us. We don't need to get that technical. What's the vibe like? Because I've never been to a, an indoor competition like that, but what's the vibe like from the crowd? Is it is it usually a big crowd? I've watched some of this stuff on TV, but they rarely show the crowd. So is it, does it get pretty loud and raucous or? It depends on the competition. I've honestly been to some pretty big comps with a pretty small crowd. And then other times there's like a huge crowd. So yeah, yeah everyone's always like pretty encouraging and it's exciting. Lots of energy to feed off of. Where, what's been with regard to these competitions, what country is, has like the most supportive climbing scene? Oh, that's a really 
tough answer. Um, I don't know. I mean, Japan, Austria, Germany, those are the ones that come to mind right now. I'm sure I'm absolutely missing some. Plus, I haven't, you know, been to all the countries. But, yeah, there are lots of support everywhere. I just imagine. That's I, cool. I, yeah. I imagine. I've been to um, – I've been to a pretty big competition several years ago in Vail, and it was it was pretty rowdy. Oh, the World Cup, yeah. Yeah, um, but I I don't know. It seems like being indoor would be would be awesome because you'd have that whole that the whole vibe of just the noise kind of. It, does that help you when you're on the wall, or does it hurt you? I think it's so muffled at the point when the crowd is so big. You know, it's just kind of like the only person you maybe hear is the one announcer for the venue. You yeah. know, uh, but for me, it's like. I swear a stampede could be running through. You know, once I'm focused, like I'm focused. She's yeah. zoned out. Yeah. I so when you when you think about what how old were you when you made your first international trip? I was eleven when I did my first international competition. Wow. Where was that one at? It was in Malaysia. <laughs> Holy Oh dear. Malaysia. Can you imagine being 11? eleven and going to Malaysia? No. No. I don't I didn't even know where Malaysia I didn't even know Malaysia was a thing. What was that experience like at that age? Oh, well, first of all, I just realized I was 12, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I feel you like know, honestly, she, she's like, I lied. I was 12. Yeah, I'm like, I lied. That's same, like girls when they turn from 29 to 30. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's this year for me. So settle yourself over there. Uh, that's a big change. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's Watch me freak year. out about it when it happens. <laughs> I'll see you in August. Um, it was just really cool. I had been to Mexico before, and I think that's the only international place I'd been that I can remember, maybe some other places when I was a baby. But, yeah, it was just a cool experience to see a different culture um, and to just compete at the X Games. That was really cool. Um, I also went to the mall a lot because our hotel was connected to the mall, and that was, like, our thing we did in our downtime. And it was my first experience with jet lag, which, as anyone who's experienced it knows, it'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially – to Asia, anywhere in Asia is a tough one. Yeah, it was uh, – the flights were so rough there. It was like, you know, one hour to L.A., 14 and a half hours to Hong Kong, yeah. and then another four hours to Kuala Lumpur. So it was how, um, a haul. How long was your turnaround? How long were you on the ground there? Probably like a week, maybe yeah, a little a bit less. And that was uh, – was that the X Games? Is that what you did? Yeah, the X Games. What was, what was the X Games experience like? Because I've been to some X Games, but I've never been – I mean, I've ne- I don't – well, I know a couple athletes that have been in X Games. What was it like for you? It was cool. I think it was a little different, too, just because I was 12. So it's not like I was really walking around and doing a ton of things. Like, you know, they're obviously having, like, parties and yeah. concerts and stuff. But I was 12, so I was just kind of there to compete. And I saw some of the other events. But I also just didn't quite know a lot of what was going on. It's hard to grasp, probably, I'm sure. That yeah. I'm... What? So... Are you are you doing mostly nowadays? Are you mostly indoor, mostly outdoor? Definitely mostly indoor for the competitions. Do you like to climb outdoors? I do. Yeah, it's really fun. Do you get the time to do it much? Not really. I just have such a like rigorous training schedule that it's number one just really hard for me to stray from because I'm such a perfectionist. You know, I'm always like I have to be doing yeah. like you know all the right things for my competition climbing. Uh, and then when I kind of do have a little bit of downtime, I'm usually like, man, I just want to sit at home. Yeah. What's what does that training schedule look like, like um, for the day or the week? Or Yeah, so I climb two days on, one day off, and I work out twice a day. So each workout is between, like, two and three hours. Okay. And um, I usually, like, strength train in the morning or finger train in the morning and then climb at night. That's 
the general format, it okay. changes a little bit sometimes. That's a lot. How do you, what's the, what's the, are you at facilities for all this or are you able to do any prep in your home space? What does that look like? So I try and organize myself as best as possible. So I'm not just like running around everywhere, but I'm very lucky to have a home climbing gym that I built and then um, a small home workout gym, but I'll also go uh, to the local climbing gyms as well to train there. And then sometimes I lift there just because they have different equipment than we do. Yeah. That's yeah. not kind of non-standard stuff. I, I, when I first got over to BlackRock, I, I wasn't, I saw their whole little area and I was like, eh. I don't really, I had a, a big gym down at the other place I was living, but then I realized it was, a, it was really cool to hang out as I, as I kind of got into it and started to understand it more. It was really cool to hang out with a lot of those guys and girls that were there and get tips and kind of understand how they're, because it, it really changed the thing that I like it, which is the kind of the same concept that I like so much about yoga is that it just really raises your body awareness mm -hmm. and, and how the different ways that you have to use your body and move on the wall. Um, and it's hard to, hard to get that just kind of being there by yourself. And, and when you can get the chance to kind of work out with some of those guys and girls and ask them things and see how they prepare. It's pretty cool. I enjoy it. It's a, and it's also, it's just a different way to work out. I think for anybody. my hand, the day we did it, my hands, like things hurt that I was like, I didn't know could hurt. Yeah. And well, I think a lot of people don't even think about it. How do you, what do you think about, um, you know, if, if the layman came and said, well, I've never really thought about climbing, you know, how do you shape it for the general listener as being an approachable sport to get into? I just tell them that you can literally show up at the climbing gym and try it. I think that's a good thing. I'm like, just go buy a day pass and try it. Or if they don't feel comfortable, I say, ask the gym if they have a beginner climbing class, or if you can just get one hour of private instruction from someone because I think sometimes it's nice to just have a general clue of what's going on. And that is the one thing that you can miss out on if you just have a day pass. You know, yeah. you kind of need like a little bit of advice from someone yeah. to just get it. Yeah. I, when, when you think about um, kind of reversing back a little bit in your career, you, you went to ASU here. Yep. Um, what was it like going through, because uh, I imagine you didn't have – the, the typical college experience of most other people being a professional athlete, how did you manage both? And what, what was that kind of four years, if it was four years of your life like? Yeah. So I made it out in four and it was rough climbing and going to ASU at the same time. I still lived at home. Uh, so that was nice. I wasn't really making any big changes other than I'm not in high school anymore. I'm in college. So I had like a lot of that stability still. I wasn't having to move into the dorm and do all of these things but I was definitely really you know crunch for time also living 30 minutes away um, from ACU that's like an you know an hour out of your day plus if you run into traffic and walking to class and parking so um, the first semester I think I took all of my classes on campus except for one and then after that I was like I'm taking everything online that I can and then there were, of course a couple I had to do in person so I did that and I would just every week at the beginning of the week I would schedule out my time on graph paper every day I would be like okay I'm probably gonna wake up around this time luckily breakfast 20 minutes or whatever um give myself an hour to work on an online class or you know whatever a training session and I would do that for the entire week and then at the end of each day I would write down like how my time actually ended up being managed yeah. and it was so neurotic but it was what helped me stay kind of on track and like be sane because I would schedule in 
like one hour a week for TV. And that's literally all I had time for. And it was crazy. And like, if I'd ever be running late getting home from class, I'd be like so bummed because I'd like have a TV show I was going to watch, you know? And I was <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to have yeah. enough time to watch the whole show. I'm like, this is my only reprieve this week. What the heck? But yeah, just being really organized and um, persevering, even though I thought I was going to lose my mind mo- on so many occasions. Do you still schedule like that? No, luckily I don't. Sometimes <laughs> I think I should. It'd probably make me a little more like, on task, but I'm getting everything done I need to. That's a professional athlete mindset, though. Like, that just, you only get an hour for TV, and if you don't get it, go to bed, that regimented. I do. I still do my, and the thing that I love about Google Calendar is that I can just, even if I'm, even if I have non-meeting time that I just want to work on something, I'll put it in the calendar. So I've got, and it's more so for, me in my professional life when people are calling or emailing me so you know people can see my my calendar is always public and they can see when I'm free when I'm not free and so if I it's it's a huge help for sitting down if I'm working on a if I've got a big presentation in another city or whatever for a client it helps me understand like don't mess with me I'm doing this thing right now um but I told somebody today my mind is like Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind like, I just, like, brr, brr, like everywhere. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to anything. I'm like, I really should just, like, goal for 2020, like, be more organized. And I'm not. I just can't. I mean, I, I don't. I, I feel don't. organized. But if anybody else were to, like, look at the way I live <laughs> my life, they'd be like, psycho. <laughs> yeah. I certainly don't adhere to it all the time. But it's because I'm the same way. I'll just like, write down a bunch of stuff I want to do, all these things that I have. And if I don't give myself some kind of schedule or regiment, I'll just go all over the place and I'll be, I'm not like, you'll I be mean, me. Well, you'll be me. Yeah. Hi, over here. Yeah. What, <laughs> when you think about, so we talked about your first international trip was to Malaysia. Where all else kind of off the top of your head have you, I'm sure you've got a massive list of places you've been. Yeah. Okay. I'll see if I don't miss anywhere. Okay. So Malaysia, Japan, Korea, China, Canada, Mexico, um, Ecuador, Peru, Iceland, England, Slovenia, Greece, Austria. I'm definitely missing Germany, France. That's crazy. I miss even yeah, sure even I'm just that. Somewhere. That's crazy. That's yeah, that's amazing list. though. That's like. Are you? Yeah. Is that something that you know throughout all of this? Obviously, you love climbing. You're dedicated to it. What's been you know? Is that kind of what you're most grateful for? Having all that travel experience, or is there something else that? I mean, I just think having the travel experience is one thing because I'm a pretty big homebody and it's, I guess this actually is a really hard question for me to answer like on the travel front is because my climbing career has just been my life for so long that I've never had this other life where I was like, oh, I used to not travel as much or whatever. Like even when I was younger from age eight, I was traveling for competitions in the States or like always to California and back. So I don't know, like right now I say like I'm a homebody, I like staying at home, so otherwise I wouldn't have traveled as much, but I don't know, maybe I'm just a homebody because I do travel so much, you know, that's why I really appreciate it. It's all you ever know. Yeah. It's all you've known. But I think, I guess I'm most grateful for being able to just have this like career that takes me to, yeah, cool places, lets me more or less like set my own schedule, like it's very regimented and I work very hard, but I appreciate being able to sleep in when I need to, I appreciate like being able to take naps and just being able to have flexibility at such a young age is really nice. Do you, when you go to, to these other places, is it, I imagine at least some consortium of it's the same people. So do you, uh, are, are you able to make friends that you see on a constant level in that regard? Yeah, especially when you're doing the World Cup circuit, uh, 
you call it like the traveling circus because everyone's going to you know all these like stops together more or less and it's all the same teams hopping around right yeah, yeah like you know some people will like go to certain ones and not the others or whatever but you have kind of like a thick group that's always hitting all of them and yeah it's just you make a lot of good friends and have a lot of good adventures and it's really cool where's your favorite place you've traveled or if you if you could, could kind of pick your international schedule for a summer where would you hit oh oh that's so hard I mean just a lot of places in Europe I guess would be my go-to um, I feel like I haven't really traveled enough in Asia compared to Europe like every time I'm in Asia for some reason I've been able to do nothing but like train and climb but in Europe I've actually gotten to like sightseeing things and, explore, yeah. and like experience the culture better yeah what's your favorite country do you have one definitely Iceland Iceland's pretty cool I I love Europe I I lived over there for a year and I would just take every single weekend. Mm -hmm. I would just get out of town because it's so easy. It's kind of like how booking flights are right now. <laughs> and well, I, I'm I would just so I keep saying I I turn thirty this year as we've already discussed. Um, and all I want to do is I want to turn thirty in Europe. Oh, you should. Yeah, That's sure. one thing I want to do. It's in August. I'm like I I've got time to kind of plan this. I just don't know which country I want to do it Spain in. Spain would be a good one, I think. There's a lot of good spots in Spain. And most likely I'll be by myself. So that's Spain I feel like I want to do with my girlfriends. I've said that. We've talked about Ibiza and doing the whole mm -hmm. Spain thing. So it's like I'm almost like reserving that one. Yeah. Well, you can But what's a good one to go to by yourself? <laughs> well, I mean, the English are pretty friendly. The Irish are super friendly if you're trying to make friends. Especially as a redhead. Um, I think yeah. I'd fit. They'd just embrace me. The Span I mean, the farther south you start getting into that more like machismo type thing. Yeah. So if you stay north, you can avoid a little bit of that. Um, I don't know. I, but I'd go to Europe for sure. I'm still the big proponent of Iceland solo as well. Okay. Iceland solo. I haven't done Iceland. I really want to. Iceland is has had a insane like, surge I feel of like travel. I yeah, I feel like yeah. in the last two years, it's been like the hot place to go. It's yeah. nuts because I've been twice and the first time we went, you know, like we had that experience. And then the second time we went further east than the first time. And like up until where we'd stopped on the first trip was like so crowded with people. And then finally, once we got a couple of hours away from that, it felt you know, more normal. normal. Yeah, I have, cool. I got a friend that's, um, he's a photographer and he, at the time that he did this, he was working for Nat Geo, but he flew in with a group of four people and they rented two vans and they just circumvented the entire country. So cool. And they, but they had like a month to do it. And so they could stop if they found place, if they stopped and they, you know, wanted to stay at this certain place for three, four days, they could, they had all the time. They had zero restrictions and they, the, the photos that he brought back from this trip, were unreal it was a complete dream and i bet they didn't even do it justice <laughs> i don't know <laughs> they were pretty good <laughs> pretty good yeah they were pretty good i mean he's got some stuff he's got an amazing gallery um in new york that's that's i mean pieces the size of my wall um but it's just i don't know that would be a job that would be if you had to do anything else what would you do something where i could help people that's always been my kind of go-to um i was actually i was majoring in accounting uh, at ASU and then I switched to marketing so I kind of more like business heavy but I think like in my heart of hearts I've always had this goal that one day I'll make enough money that I can like be comfortable and not necessarily like retire early but not need an income you know and then make the switch to I whether it's like I don't know necessarily volunteering but I don't know just being able to 
help people somehow. Well, I think that's one of the, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of negatives to the social culture, the social media culture, but I think one of the huge positives that's come out of it is that there's so many things that we can do now for our career and for our job that involve social justice. And I think there's a lot more access to that than there used to be. What do you think? No, you don't agree? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, think about you're it. Gonna like, put me, you're going to put me in a bad spot because, like, well, I feel like a lot of people use social media for – Yeah, for, you're, for sure. There's, for not the right – not the right – social justices well right yeah we talk about that a lot and i mean i think it's a pertinent point because you've got a you've got a big social media following and and i think it's it there's a responsibility there to use that well maybe not necessarily it's only a responsibility if you see it that way but i mean that's part of it right it has to be in your mind i mean kind of getting to know your personality it seems like it's it, it would be a goal of yours to use that in a positive way. That's to me though. That's raising awareness. Like I think that there's raising awareness, and then there's genuine. Like when you talk about helping people, I think you have a different. But like it, I think you have a different goal in mind than you know just like posting something on social media. I feel like you have a. Yeah. Like you want to like be with whether it be families or children or what or dogs, whatever you're volunteer or yeah, goal is i'm 100 percent agreement with that i'm just saying it's a really great channel that 10 even 10 years ago wasn't there yeah we didn't have and yeah. it's a great way to get into that so i i think when you talk about you know you mentioned not necessarily early retirement but i, I think stuff like that gives us a lot more availability to find those opportunities out there and you have to see a lot of it traveling the way that you do right yeah no i mean I've definitely experienced the world. And honestly, I've been to a lot of really good parts of the world, I would say. So I haven't been exposed to, you know, any extreme poverty or anything like that. And I consider myself, I mean, lucky for that, but also very unaware at the same time, you know, yeah. because I yeah. just, I, you can't fathom certain things until you see them, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's, that's a pretty impressive quality though, to, to be admissible that you've been sheltered for some of that stuff. Cause I think a lot of people wouldn't do that. No, acknowledging that I think yeah. is the first because people think they know everything. It's yeah. like, no. And I was the same way. Like I grew up very sheltered. Like I always say, we were little town and off the coast of Massachusetts. And it wasn't until I started traveling for work that I was like, shit, there's a whole world out here. Yeah. And not that I was even being exposed to like extreme poverty, but I was going to cities. Like I was working at hospitals. I was working in Philadelphia at like Temple University Hospital in like extreme you know like i'm trying to be pc here uh what they call the <laughs> ghetto or whatever you know the hood whatever you want to call it and i'm walking around i'm going oh my god like this is yeah. you know this is the will smith song like this is the opening yeah. um and you just you don't i i think it's great because you appreciate how it, it changes the way that you see yourself you're like wow holy shit i'm so lucky yeah. um but it also opens your eyes to like how ignorant I was. <laughs> do you do you see yourself being uh, a, a a career climber, or do you see yourself transitioning into something else? Like, what does that look like in your mind? I mean, definitely gonna be pursuing my climbing career for as long as possible. Would love to open a climbing gym as well, and then post that pursue my helping people plan. Yeah, what's the what is the is there kind of like a standard length of a career for a climber? It is all over the place. I yeah. mean, climbing is just the Wild West in so many right, ways. Right. 
Uh, there are people who are really good in their teens and who kind of punk out in a couple of years, have a couple good years. Uh, I definitely think like once you hit 30, it gets harder. But yeah, there are people even like in their 40s who are still doing well as professional climbers. And I mean, that's the dream. But I think as you get older, it can get like less attainable, but you also kind of are grandfathered in as well. So, right. you know. You can Both still compete if you on. want because you've had such a career. Like, they'll let you compete, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, you just, like, you have the connections. You're well-known. Like, yeah. you have a good reputation to follow up with. And, uh, you know, be if you become a legend, right, you're, in theory, going to be able to do well in climbing for a long time. What do you, to that point, what do you have to do? Is there a certain thing in bouldering that, that just makes you a legend? Or is it just that longevity and kind of staying relevant? Do you have to free solo? No. Be a legend? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, good. For, I, for your sake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because most of the legends I would say have accomplished, you know, great things or like great firsts that weren't followed up by anyone else for a long, long time, you know. Um, and then there are other people and it's like, They've done really impressive things, but other people have done kind of equally impressive things around the same time. And, you know, for some reason, they just became more legendary than someone else, you know. It's, yeah. But everyone who's a legend definitely deserves to be there. There's no one who you're like, eh, get out of here, you know. How much do you have to uh, work on your personal brand? I mean, there's always, I think, for a lot of people that we have come in, regardless of industry, we talk about what the brand market side looks like for them, you know, with with, uh, if we have a chef in, we talk about how they have to sustain in their restaurants or things that validate them. How much time or what's the effort level like to, to maintain that? I think I thought about this a lot more when I was younger, especially because I was a marketing major too. You know, it was just always getting put in my face. Uh, but at this point, I think my brand is like pretty well established and it's always just been such a reflection of who I am that I don't think about it too much now. It more happens if something comes across my email where I'm like, this is a, a very bad fit for me for whatever reason. Uh, but other than that, it's just about being who I am and um, sharing that with people. Do you ever feel like you have to filter yourself for uh, like sponsor things or? I wouldn't necessarily say filter myself. I mean, obviously to my close friends and family, I'm a, a little looser than I would be online, you know, but that's with, any you know probably like person who's doesn't have a large online following you know I think like, that should be a standard protocol like your online should be a little tighter than what you are with your friends and family yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> but I mean other than that it's a good like, rule. what I put online I'm like no this is me like it's just you're seeing it as an acquaintance or like um a not super close friend versus yeah. like you know close friends and family get get the depth yeah for sure I what do you think about or do you even think about this? I feel like in the media, especially with things like Free Solo, with a lot of the books that have come out, there's this uptick, or it feels like an uptick in climbing in general. Is that something that, being in the industry, you feel? Oh, yeah. I mean, climbing just getting so much more popular, and the competition emphasis is also increasing, which is really cool for me, because I started in the time where it was like, it was all about the outdoors, yeah. which is still obviously awesome. Um, but competition climbers were not considered real climbers, I would say. And it's finally like really? the comp climbers are respected now. And I'm glad that indoor climbing is respected and comp climbing is respected. You know, there's a place for everyone at the table. Why is that? Why? I just think kind of the old school mentality of, you know, like this is how it started. And anytime there are changes, people are against them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's no kinda... one likes change. 
Really? You think that's... I mean, I feel like that's standard. I think there's a lot of people like that. Like, change just freaks them out. Yeah, but don't, do you think that there is a part of the world now, or I, I feel like the millennial generation is more approachable to change. It has to be. I mean, we're, we've got so much more availability to technology, to information. Our minds are just opening quicker than they ever had before. I don't know. I'm an elder millennial. Get out of here <laughs> with that millennial shit. Let's just move this podcast to California. Don't you think so? Do you feel that way? I think it depends on the person, honestly. I mean, millennials are like the least adaptable people out there. I don't think that's true. I think they. I think that there's a there's a stigma that millennials are brain dead from all this stuff, but I I don't I don't think that's true. I mean, think about how long it took our parents to adopt iPhones. My oh dad, my god! Yeah. My, I mean, we're still trying. Yeah. I mean, we, and we've been helping through how many models of? I mean, the principle. To, to knowledge about things and it's the same thing to kind of bring it back to climbing i mean look at the look at that thing we were just talking about about the surge in popularity i mean that's that's our generation doing that you know i don't know does your mom talk to text uh no i don't think so oh god mine talks to text it's bad that always gets the best sentences out though oh the fa- yeah. it's fantastic i mean it's bad like a good bad but I Your text. mom looks so hip over here, so I don't. I think <laughs> yeah. she's got the iPhone thing covered. Yeah, she's um, way cooler than we are. For Sierra's sure. mom's with us too, and she's just she's got the iPhone thing covered. My mom, on the other hand, she's dated back a little. I know mom, what, I love you. She listens sometimes. But I, you know what? Honestly, I have the same problems though because I'll I'll I text like a million words a minute, mm-hmm. and I autocorrect hits me hard all the time. I just don't text back. I think I'm over it. Instead of messing <laughs> up your, instead of risking. I still call a, people. I still call true. people on the yeah, phone and I'm like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And people are like, why are you calling me? It's the middle of the day. Are you a caller or a texter? Definitely a texter. Yeah. She, <laughs> I mean, all like, she's like, okay, psycho, I'm not going to be friends with you. Don't <laughs> no. call me. I mean, I can take calls. It's fine, but (laughs) I would like never call you unless it's under duress. Like it means I really need something. Yeah, (laughs) she goes. I could take calls. Like it's something that I'm capable of doing. But physically, my phone will take calls. (laughs) (laughs) I can slide my finger over when you answer, but um, I guess we just think differently on that because I I phone screen dates now. Yeah, it's my new thing. (laughs) Yeah, she definitely does. It's been going great. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, it's ain't. it's it's weeding. I mean, there a lot of them have been bad, but it's weeding out even more. Do you have to deal with that kind of traffic through social? I mean, there has to be. I, I'm a guy. I know how guys are. Slippery. Yeah, it's like a slippery. slip and slide in the yeah, DMs. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to filter out that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, the DMs are. Uh, DMs are hot. Yeah, they're a crazy place. Let me tell we you. We don't have to get into particulars. Oh I'm come sure on, <laughs> give me your worst DM shot. I mean, like. I feel like the dick pic just always qualifies as the worst DM shot. But you just get those straight r- from Instagram? It yeah. just happens? Yeah. Look at mom back there. She's like, yes, this happens. Sorry, mom. This is, I always show her. I'm always like, <laughs> look what someone sent me. You know, it's not even. I always say, Guys just go flaccid or go home. They, they, they just Give me what's. That? Yeah. That, wow. That's has never worked in history. I don't know why they still do that. That just, I don't know. I don't know anywhere where that's. I mean, it's obviously well beyond appropriate, but if, if, <laughs> if anybody's listening and that has ever, you've led with that and it has worked. 
Le- email us. Literally I email us. That. Hit us up. I'm dying to know what the response was. I don't. I'm just. I'm. Because I'm ten out of ten times doesn't work. Yeah, I'm a data guy. I'm a, my background is data science, so uh, I'm I'm just gonna statistically say that that's it's gotta be low odds. A terribly low percentage. Statistically not well. Are there normal things that you get on social media? Oh yeah, I mean there are tons of normal people who are asking like training questions or. Yeah, a lot of, like, climbing advice type stuff. because well, you do a really good job of, of saying, hey, do you have any questions? Ask me. Yeah. I do it every Tuesday, and it's been a really cool way to really interact with people and yeah. help them with, you know, mainly climbing things. And do you learn anything from it? I think sometimes people, like, I'll answer a question on my story, and then someone will respond and be like, oh, hey, this exercise is also good for elbow injuries or you know whatever and so I learned things like that but ultimately it just taught me how to interview really well and answer questions because there is probably not a single question I've not been asked already by the internet so that's been good media prep for me she's like you guys don't have shit on me bring it (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably yeah best of luck (laughs) but I think too the the interesting thing about that to go back to the millennial uh, you know or the least adaptable culture question I think that it seems to me like that there's if you if you choose to use it this way that that could prep you earlier in life for the way that humans act and interact. I mean, if you're getting hit by <laughs> if you're getting hit <laughs> by dick pics in your DM by guys that I mean, you're going to reach maturity on a, a much quicker scale than a lot of other people. Touche. You don't think so? How old are you? A 26. Okay. Prime. That is yeah. the prime <laughs> time. I mean, there has to be a I lot. I wish I was 26 again. I messed up so much. Well, and but you learned so much from that, too. <laughs> I but did. I, mean, I did. But do you think to that a great point, time in my life. Do you think there's um, that your kind of, I guess, curve to maturity is, is greater given, you know, how early in your life you traveled and the, you know, the consistency at which you travel? I think it's just different um, from maybe a little more mature in certain ways, but also I've never been in like the regular workforce and things like that, you know, yeah. so that's an area where I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, what is it to have like a regular job? You know, I'm like, yeah. I don't What's know. What's a nine like, to five look like? How do you, there are just things like that where I just have no idea, you know, so I think it evens out somehow. I mean, I hope I'm not immature for sure, but <laughs> I'm probably right where I should be. That's a good way to see it, I think. Right. Yeah. I, I think I tend to see things fairly that same way, too. I feel like life just happens as it should. Oh, I thought I was so mature at 26. I was like, um, you know, own my own home. I thought I was, do- I didn't know shit about shit. I, it wasn't I, until I was like 28, 29, I think, that I pulled my head out of my ass. <laughs> Are you still working on that? I'm still working on it, <laughs> yeah. I, I you needed a little WD-40 and like kind of loosen it up and pulled it out a bit. I've realized for me that the best way to operate is is to – I just assume that I'm – well, this wouldn't be correct to say, but I generally act on the premise that I'm the least knowledgeable person in the room, even when I know I'm not, because I, I listen more. I have a tendency, as you can hear, to just talk. And I – You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I was a really quiet child, actually. No shit. I was like, I wasn't a mute. You're just getting it all out now. Yeah, I am. Well, I was an only child for 11 years. And then my oh, that's why we started this. You just needed, yeah, a lot of pent up things you want to talk about. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older sister. She's 32. Yeah. Wait, are you guys close? 
Not really. Uh, we're <laughs> six and a half years apart. I mean, obviously we get along, but that's just such a large age gap. And it's that hard. Yeah. What we, had, I, I guess we have things in common now, but like she's married and has a two year old. When you're older, I, I feel like, I mean, my brother and I are three years apart and obviously you're at a larger gap, but like sometimes we're super close and then sometimes we were further apart. Like I, when I was a senior, he was a freshman and we were super close because we were in high school together. And then until he graduated high school, we weren't. Mm-hmm. So I feel like until you're at that point, you guys will probably be super close when you're both like kind of in your thirties and in that same place in life. Yeah. And it'll be the, she'll be the greatest thing that's ever happened, you know? Yeah. Cause it's just, yeah. The thing we've always throughout life just been at like definitely different, different places, stages, yeah. you know? My, my brother is 10 years older. My sister is 13. My brother's 10 years younger. My sister is 13 years younger. Okay. So we, but it's funny because my brother and sister live in the same house mm-hmm. in Chicago. <laughs> I talk to my brother multiple times a week. I can't tell you when the last time I talked to my sister was. It's, I think it's just, I don't well, know. What do you have in common with, I can't even do that math that fast. How old is she? Because she was, a, she's a dumbass and I was once a dumbass. Yeah, but how old is she? She's twenty one. She's twenty two. She's yeah, not a dumbass. What do you have in common with a twenty two year old girl right now? Because I lived in, I lived, <laughs> I've literally already <laughs> lived her life. <laughs> I lived in Chicago. We they live on the same street that I used to live on. They're living the oh. same life. <laughs> so you don't need to check in. You're like, I know what she's doing. Like I've, I've been, been there. on that street. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, but uh, you're asking like what we. You're, you're a wo- I'm obviously not a woman, but I think there's yeah. a lot of things that I would love to talk to her more. We just, uh, but I can, I can uh, empathize on the the age gap. I think. Do you, did you think when you know coming through high school and through college was that has uh, you know holding meaningful relationships that always been a challenge? Um, like, are we talking like friendships or relationships or? Yeah, well, we can get into both. both. Whatever you want. Yeah, I mean. But. My friends know that climbing comes first, yeah. uh, and they'll tell they'll all tell you that. You know, they're like, "Oh, we don't see Sierra for months," you know. But uh, I, you know, have great friendships and whatever. And I've obviously I've dated people throughout like my climbing career and stuff. I'm just have never been, you know, like very public about it. But it's also not been a priority to me. Yeah, um, it's always been climbing first. Wait. And, yeah, everything else kind of falls in line. It's got to be hard. I mean, yeah. Like, what do you guys like first date like? You're like, hey, I'm a badass. I'm a professional rock climber. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, I uh, just moved back in with my parents. Like, what? Like, what? How does that go? Yeah, it's got to be intimidating. I mean, look, I don't go on a lot of first dates, so I honestly couldn't tell you. But <laughs> <laughs> couldn't tell you the last time I went on one. So, I mean, how do you meet guys? Like, how do you? She's like, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Touche. I don't either. What are you into outside of climbing? What are, if you, if, if somebody, if they were like, hey, you can't climb for a month, what are you going to do? Oh, reading, definitely. Um, also a big binge watcher. And I'm so glad we're in the place in time where it's okay to be like, I love TV. Yeah. You know, for so long it was well, like. it's so easy to take TV yeah. with you now. Oh. It used to be if you weren't home at a certain time. I, I didn't grow up. We didn't have a DVR growing up, like when I was little, little. So when I could start recording shows, I was like, this is awesome. Now you can just on-demand anything. And that's been the best part of traveling, too. Uh, I got an iPad this year because I was like, this is going to be a business expense. 
<laughs> and it is one, and it's so great. Traveling Man, just download everything I want to watch, and I'm like so content. So much better than the airplane movies and TV shows to take whatever's on Netflix. I mean, yeah. well, and airplane movies are the same for like, Delta's been pretty hot though with the movies. I through. feel like I feel like Delta has a pretty solid selection, it takes like new releases. To change movies. Everybody else, like, no thanks. Plus, and they're like ancient. When you start to fly a lot consecutively, you're like, wow, they really haven't changed the movies at all, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, do you fly yeah. American? You know, I try and fly United because I have gold status. Ah. Uh, so a lot of people have problems with United. I'm not going to lie. I used to as well. But let me tell you, once you get, like, gold status, they are so much nicer to you. Yeah. It's like I've gotten them to make some extraordinary changes for me. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're continuing to pay them. I mean, they can always see that in the system. I'm, I don't fly United, but I, I fly American. I'm loyal to American. And they're same thing with their movies. It's, like, the same. Same stuff. All my time. loyalty is to Southwest, which really speaks to uh, my low standards yeah, in yeah. life. <laughs> no, you know what? Everyone should try to fly Allegiant. I'm not going to lie because that's just my recommendation for domestic things. Allegiant is kind of the bomb. Yeah, Allegiant's pretty good. I just, they never have my routes. Yeah, they fly to weird places. I think but from Boston, I mean, Allegiant's not even, I mean, I don't even know They them. fly to the small, like if they, they have planes small enough that could come into the executive airport, some of them. Oh, really? Yeah, they don't go to. And go to the big ones. The only time I've ever flown them has been like going throughout the southeast. At this point in my life, I just want to be on time. Yeah. So like Southwest, they I must gotta, be I gotta give it to them. Always on time. Yeah, Southwest is pretty good. American, not so much. But American is the worst. I don't think I've ever had a flight on time. Do you get canceled a lot? Do flights cancel on you a lot? I've had one flight canceled, I think, in my entire time. I've had some other trips where they've like moved me off of flights. To, and put me on like terrible flights instead. Yeah. But my, You're like, my original gold status. Yeah. My, this is this is pre gold status. Pre gold but status. My original flight wasn't canceled, so I was like, can you put me back on it? Like I can't get home twelve hours later than originally planned. Here's an interesting thing you're gonna run to when you do get in a long term relationship and you start traveling. If that person has not traveled and they they're not used to that, just kind of walk up and walk on a plane thing, they're gonna be like, they're not gonna realize how that works. I find also that, traveling like, with a partner is I feel like friend, that should yeah. be a second date not even because if you can't because <laughs> yeah. that's like a telltale situation yeah, yeah. whether you're going to survive or not yeah. so if second date I don't care if it's go to LA like do a, do a one hour quick hop see what it's like to travel with that person and then if you succeed then I would say go for the long run see what happens welcome to lofty conversations we are now a relationship <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dishing out advice all evening yeah and i'm absolutely the worst person to be giving it so if you're still listening this would be the point to tune out if you were looking for advice what uh what shows are you watching what's your binge look like right now okay i'm watching the outsider right now and i'm waiting for ozark ozark is good oh are they gonna put a third one is there a third yep. season coming march 27th oh thank god just in time because i'm gonna be locked up in this house for a little while <laughs> uh Westworld just started. Oh, yeah, I have to watch that, too. Came out last weekend. I never got into that one. Why? I don't know. The first episode, I, I tried to watch it three times, and I fell asleep, like, 15 minutes in each well, time. It's been and hard. Like, I think they lost a lot of people to season three because the last season was 2018. So we had oh, yeah, more than right. a year. They Plus, like I don't know. I don't think season two was as great as season one. No, That's it wasn't good. I hope they're going to br like bring it back for season three. Though. I don't know. Because season one was so good. Yeah, season you know? one was, was awesome. Can I tell you what I'm watching right now, which speaks to how old I am? Homeland. Yeah. Homeland. Homeland. 
So she's I've, like, no, no, no oh, I know okay. what it is. I've heard it's good. Is yeah, that, and everybody, I feel like it's Claire Danes, right? Yeah, but yeah. they took like two years to put out the last season, so now I'm watching it. and I'm like, what the hell is this show even about? I've been committed to it for like eight years. I'm all over the board. I'll have I, I think Netflix does awesome. A lot of their original shows are really good. Oh, they're so good. But then sometimes I'll be like, uh, if I'm doing stuff around the house, I'll just put on like, there's a show called um, uh, Frontier Rescue or something. It's where these guys go in, and there's people that frontier, and they just live off the land. And this guy goes in. It's basically like a home reno. Not a home reno, but they help them like build gardens. And See, that sounds way cooler. So I'm actually yeah, – Scott and I are in a fight because he – instead of telling me about that show on Netflix, he tells me about the show Love is Blind. <laughs> okay. And, like, this dude has got me locked into the stupidest show I've ever watched. It's the worst. It's the oh worst show, God. but yet I'm, lo- I'm watching people tell each other – they they're in love and they're getting engaged through a wall yeah. five days in yeah. wait do you want to hear a funny meme yes yes yeah this popped up today and it was like the next dating show is going to be like you get to talk to them once on a walkie-talkie for 18 seconds and then the next day you're going to get married and have a kid yes yeah. i was like this is so accurate yeah, that's a complete reference to love is blonde if that's you- exactly what this is and i'm going why am i watching this it's fucking scott I don't want you to watch it, but like you should at least just watch the trailer because it's. it's and now I'm, my interest is peaked. I need like a. Some of it's so cringy. You know, you know like I was laughing no. in. The, I was laughing in my apartment, like just cringing. Yeah. Like I was, I couldn't believe that this was a real thing. They, the premise is, they, there's, I don't know, arbitrary number of guys, arbitrary number of girls. They're all in kind of like this big brother space where they don't get to go outside. They don't have phones, anything like that. But they're separated. Girls on one side, guys on the other, mm-hmm. and it's basically. The first couple of days are just speed dating. They have these pods, and a guy goes into one, and a girl goes into one, and you're you just talk to each other. You don't get to see each other, mm-hmm. nothing. You just you sit in the room. There's a divider, um, and you there's like couches, and they get to talk. And then at some point, they make it some of them to a proposal, but mm-hmm. they don't see each other until after they propose. It seems dicey. It's it so is so dicey. So weird. It's, it's, I, I don't know. Listen, I have no reasonable explanation. And it, the, like to, the like, way that they meet when they meet for the first time, yeah. it's so sloppy. Yeah. It's like, ugh, it, it makes me cringe. What's amazing. But I'm, I'm locked in now. It's, it's your fault. <laughs> because you can tell they want to do it to get the genuine reaction, but they can't rehearse it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a cluster, but. You got to be real, but I mean, she is a, prof- remember she's a professional athlete. Like, yeah. I don't know how much time she'll have for this. Yeah. <laughs> If you if you're short on time and you really need to budget, yeah. probably don't choose this one. If you want to, this is a flight to Malaysia. Like yeah. if you're really bored, yeah, yeah. You, you'll end up fast forwarding through a lot of it. But it is it's really funny. What about um what what are you reading? Do you have do you have certain styles you like to read? Yeah, I usually read a kind of a lot of mystery, but it's light mystery. Things like the chocolate chip cookie murder, and you know, like there's always a murder happening, but it's like some amateur sleuth solving it who also owns a bakery. That's like my jam. <laughs> you told me Are you like into Har- have you ever gotten into like the Harlan Coben books? I don't think so. Okay. Another kind of like mystery but very light, easy mm-hmm. read. I think I've read like all of them. I at one point I would, that's like just all I was Is it like adult goosebumps? Yeah, pr- you know what? Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Did you read Goosebumps as a kid? No, my sister was really into it though. Yeah, I, I guess it was. I guess there'd be a little generational like I feel yeah. I feel like I was a little bit because I didn't read a ton of Goosebumps. Oh, I did. I had them all. But that that mystery easy read. It's a 
phenomenal you, genre. You told me that you read sometimes one book a day. Yep, and summer, I'm a pretty fast reader, so I'll just go to the library and pick up, you know, however many books. They let you check out 30 books at a time, which when I found that out, I was so excited. Just stock up. Yeah. Um, do you ever, do you ever, like, go get the max and see how quickly? That's what I would immediately, if I had a limit on something, I would see how quickly I could make it through these things. No, it's like I like the idea of taking 30 books out, but I'll maybe take five or six at, at most. Uh, plus, the library is, like, down the street from my house, you know, yeah. so... You know, every time I read something, I'm like, I've got to go give it back. Someone else wants to check it out. Someone really wants this book. I People are flocking to the library. Yeah, I had <laughs> that, <laughs> that just, like, speaks to. The library is the only place that hasn't had to put out a notice that they're not open. That they're, yeah, because no one's coming. Well, that was, like, I remember when I was, like, big into Adele. And like when her CD like twenty five came still out, big into Adele. I, well, I'm obviously yes. You don't ever get out of Adele, yeah. but when her CD came out twenty five, I went to Target and I was like concerned that it was going to be sold out and there was going to be a line. Mm-hmm. Um, no, two thousand fifteen. Like there, w- there was plenty of copies and there was nobody in Target, and I was like, oh yeah, that like. You know what? That's a good point. I wonder why the library has never just sold books like why couldn't the library just sell books? sell but i yeah i don't yeah. know but it i mean like i'm like, like her she's still going to the library like i was still thinking that cd you know you just yeah. sometimes you get caught in the in the past so you're not a you're not a kindle person you like the paper no i like the paper books and my library is packed i will just say is it expensive that yeah the appaloosa public library in scottsdale guys kill it <laughs> it's i'm like, gonna have to go there what do they got like a coffee shop in there or something what are they i doing? mean more like a bunch of old people it's like a across the street from a retirement community so oh so which it's is poppin'. also all of north scottsdale but yeah no i go and i see like a lot of cute grandmas and grandpas um and then there are a lot of families up there as well so a lot of like cute little kids but that's actually a pretty good date idea go to the library and each person picks out a book, and then you judge how compatible you are based on. I did that at Barnes and Noble one time. Oh, did you? How to yeah, go? it was weird. He picked out a psychology book. It got weird. Oh, great. Yeah, that's too high. But level the idea, but the idea itself, like, really turned me on. I was pumped about it. Um, I'll get it. And then it got weird. So I'm a big reader as well, but my my cadence is kind of I'll I always have at least one biography, and then one other something going at a time because i read a lot of like spacey theory mm-hmm. sciencey kind of things and i find that the biographies will bring me out of the monot- not the monotony but like the depth yeah because a lot of those spacey books you know, i have to read i'll reread them you know every year just and i'll learn something new it's for me it's kind of like watching a movie but i had my one of my favorite um biographies that i have is keith richards biography because he has from like young age all the way through the stones now he's got such an amazing story he's got this uh, a story of when the when the stones first came to the u.s and the cops were trying to extradite them or uh, deport them he bought this giant uh they didn't have buses at the time so Mm -hmm. he bought this giant cadillac and they were just all stuffing drugs in the wheels and then the cops chased them one night from a show and they just had to leave so he he tells a story of somewhere um Somebody like 20 years later ended up having this Cadillac and there were still drugs in the door panels because they nobody ever found them. They didn't know whose car it was because they obviously paid in cash. But that that kind of stuff is it's it's like uh, sometimes I don't even need a fiction, uh, a fiction book because there's books that have these crazy stories like that. Um, I one thing that I do want to know 
is why if you're if you're talking to somebody that's thinking about climbing or just looking to get into it what if you could sum it up in kind of a short paragraph what's your elevator pitch on on why climbing is awesome you know it's just a lot of fun of course a lot of people are looking for different ways to exercise you know because the gym can definitely be boring if you're not into it and also there's the mental aspect of you know problem solving um and the social aspect as well you know bouldering especially is such a social sport so you know you get a lot of people with the exercise aspect and then the mind aspect and then you're like oh you can have friends too and those are the three i kind of hit people with what uh what are your sponsors right now my sponsors right now are Mammut, Ascend, Cairo, and Kale and Clover. And what are those? What Kale are the, and Clover, phenomenal. Yeah, Kale oh, and Clover. The awesome. cauliflower wings. What are the I, other ones? What are the other ones about? Um, so Ascend Cairo is my chiropractor, Dr. Snow. She does best adjustments. Okay. And then Mammut is uh, my clothing and gear sponsor. Where are they? Where Can are you they spell that? Yeah. Mammut, M-A-M-M-U-T. Mammut. Okay. They're based in Switzerland. Very cool. Yeah. Have you been to their... Uh, facility i have yeah actually when i went so the facility was under construction at the time and in the past couple of months it's just completely brand new and i've heard it's awesome because when i went there it was a little bit of a maze at the office yeah the swiss make really cool sh- the germans switzerland's make really a place i've always wanted to go yeah switzerland is very beautiful yeah i i that's a place i would move if i had to retreat if there if there was like my escape plan place probably either be british columbia or somewhere in oh there. i'm going to canada for sure can Hawaii count as my escape plan? Ooh. Is that where it would be? Well, yeah. I mean, okay, I'm not a big, like, apocalypse person, but I'm always, like, I am would be a terrible survivalist. But in Hawaii, <laughs> oh, let, there's let me fruit everywhere. She owns it. No, she no, she was like, this is. No, let me tell you my escape plan. So when I was working in D.C., I, I, had, I got to this point with some of my colleagues where if we just had a, a day where we were just over it, clients were – being crazy we just didn't want to live that life on in capitol hill anymore we had this thing called an escape plan so mm-hmm. it's it wasn't really a doomsday thing it was me it was more of like an effort thing yeah of when i'm just done i'm gonna disappear nobody's gonna know where i'm going um and the rule was with our friends was you, you couldn't tell anybody where you would go yeah but we all had a designated friend that we would mail back our phone and all that stuff because we all had company phones um, and so mine has always been somewhere in Canada. Uh, I guess I just, I've already said it was BC, but, uh, Switzerland, I think would be a really good one too. Now we all know if you go missing. I don't know. I, yeah. yeah I gotta now you just one. let yeah. us know. Well, you're going to have to Okay. All right. I watch a lot of Narcos. So <laughs> <I've got> some, <laughs> it's another show I never got into. I gotta oh, make a list. So I know Narcos is supposed to be really good. It is. It was because it's based on true events too. And it's wild. And you see some of that stuff that they did. Oof, it's crazy. I've been watching uh, season four of Animal Kingdom right now. What's that about? Oh, I mean, so I've only watched a little bit of Narcos. It's one I need to get more into because I know I'll like it. But Animal Kingdom is about like, a family who commits crimes in San Diego. Ooh. It's Ooh. really what, good. What plat- where's, it, where's it on? I think it's on Amazon Prime season one through three right oh, now. Sweet. But yeah. it's so. normally on TNT, I think would be the actual network. I like anything that has to do with... I don't like, well, I don't know. I, I need love crime. The, I need a lot of crime. Yeah, but I don't like <laughs> true crime shows. Oh. I love, all right, like, maybe all it's a chick, Dateline, like All In. I haven't watched All In, but To Catch a Predator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, it's got to be a chick thing. Why? 
I don't know because I feel like we like we like to know what our possibilities. Yeah, probably because it. She could probably take some of. Yeah, happens more to women. Yeah. You could probably take some of your DM content and catch a lot of predators. Oh yeah, you would be (laughs) surprised. I'm here for that. Just if you ever need a sidekick, that would be the best thing ever for me. I like sometimes I'll try and like if someone sends me something, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna find your girlfriend and your mom. You know, and of course yeah. it's usually from fake accounts or whatever, but some, a lot of times, honestly, like guys will even send me messages like, and there'll be something I would obviously never send to a stranger, but it's like, oh, you look so hot or something. And I can clearly see in their profile picture, it's like them and their wife and children. And I'm like, ew, ew. you know, morons. I'm like, dude, have some respect, <sighs> you know, so cringy. Morons. That, those are my favorite. That, you know what? That would be a great TV show of just a TV show that did stories of girls like catching shady guys doing stuff like that. That's just good. like, that just makes me sad. Why they do it to themselves? No, 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 no. That's what I mean. It, it, it not, no, it doesn't make sad me sad for, for the them. Woman. It makes me sad for that other person because yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh God, why? Yeah, but if you're gonna be, because I'm sure that like they have, a, you know, that they've got a life, they've got kids, and like, why don't you just kind of go? Oh God, makes my skin crawl. I don't feel bad for him. If I'm you're gonna, gonna be, s- be a piece of shit, you deserve to get called out. For I it. think it's like it'd be cool if just the dude could be outed, but his but they'll never know. That's what I mean. Like my unaffected or like be okay with it somehow. Yeah, it's or the, not okay with it, but deal with it. It's the wife or girlfriend that like. It's like, oh, God, why do you suck? Yeah, well. I think that would be my response if that ever happened. I mean, I'm not, no one, no one wants me, but I I would be like, I I would literally respond, why do you suck? Good day. Where, um, what are the places coming up in this next year that you have been looking forward to traveling to? Any kind of big stuff you got coming up that people can check out or follow? Well, right now, I know this is going to be released in a couple of weeks, but it's in the midst of the coronavirus, everything. Um, so I was going to Chile and Brazil and Japan, which is all delayed now. I don't have any travel plans as of right now because it's just waiting yeah. out and seen. But I think I'll be – I think all that stuff is going to get rescheduled. I think Chile will be in October and the, and the Master Day Boulder. I think I'll be at Adidas Rockstars. It's either in August and September in Germany. And then I think the Japan one will get rescheduled as well. Um, and there are some other ones like sprinkled in here and there. But – yeah, everyone is just kind of on standstill right now. So I wish I had a better answer for that. Well, so for when people that do want to check it out and give you a follow, where can they follow it out? What's your Insta handle? Sierra Blair Coil, no E at the end. So S-I-E-R-R-A-B-L-A-I-R-C-O-I-L. Sorry, my name's so long. <laughs> and your website? Ours is, our, our website's super long. So uh, website is easier, sierrabc.com. Sierrabc.com. And sponsors once again? Uh, Mammut, Ascend Cairo, and Kale and Clover. Cool. Well, I, uh, we're stoked that you came. Thanks for coming to hang out with us, spend some time with us. Yeah, Everybody, SierraBC.com. Check it out. Give her a follow. She's her awesome. Instagram is badass. Yeah, her Instagram's awesome. You're going to want to follow it. Um, and thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, girl. Bye.